Hello and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big 12. Hi guys, welcome back to the Big 12 Country Podcast. Uh, tonight, I'm, I'm your host, Corey, and uh, tonight we are joined by Colin. Hey guys. Kendall. Hello. Uh, tonight, you're in for a treat. We're going to cover the uh, Bears, the Baylor Bears, and how they did with their spring and what all is going down there in Waco with Matt Rule and everybody. And uh, tonight, we're being joined by Kevin Barrera from Bears Illustrated. Say hi, Kevin. What's up, guys? Uh, you doing pretty good? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, we were able to watch some football. Change. Yeah, that was nice. Kind of change up everything, so that was nice. Yeah, it was. I, I, you know, the, they actually did a decent job covering the spring games this year, as far as like the platforms on TV and everything. I got to see most of them. There were still yeah. a few that you kind of had to have subscriptions to see, but for the most part, they did a pretty good job. Were you able to to watch? Did you go watch it live, or did you have to watch it from TV? Man, I had to watch it on TV. I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to go. I was pretty bummed about it. Yeah, well, that happens. I didn't get to go to OU's this year either. Now that's the first time I haven't been in a few years. But uh, just kind of starting things out here. Just overall, kind of your uh, the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about real quickly was just how you feel Rule has done it since he's gotten there. Um, you know, I know it's it's early. There's not a whole lot you can go off of. But how you feel the team kind of transitioned to him this spring and how all that's gone down? Sure. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, the biggest the biggest change that we've all seen here is uh, with just the culture uh, of the team outside of football. Um, I mean, they've put out a ton of uh, community service hours. Um, I think I read that the team GPA was the highest it's been in several years, or maybe ever. Um, you know, I think that was that's the the thing that steps out or you know comes out first. That is, you know, the change in, in the culture. Um, but then on the football field, it, the biggest thing is the physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately that led to some injuries. I think that's more, you know, just the change from the Art Bryles regime to, to Matt Rolfs being more physical. Uh, there's more injuries, but I think, um, over the course of the spring, you just saw how physical that they wanted to be, that they want to be as a football team. Um, you know, obviously coming from, from Temple, you know, a lot of people, looked at Matt Rule's teams as, you know, kind of grind it out, run the football, you know, um, punch you in the mouth type thing. And I think that's what they want to do here. Um, you know, so it's going to be a little different mindset on the offensive side of the football um, with the physicality. I mean, during the spring game, I guess in the warmups, they did the Oklahoma drill. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> and I think that's – and I and from just talking to people, they're going to do that before games. Wow. So that kind of that tells you the physicality that they're bringing to the, to the program now. Uh, but I think overall, the biggest thing was is just the culture change. Um, you know, uh, Matt Rule's just his his biggest message is just changing. You know how the guys look at football um, and just look at life in general and the kind of people that they want to be. So you know that's the biggest change. Uh, but I think on the football field, they're going to see a, a huge changes with the, with the physicality and, and they're actually going to play some defense. Um, <laughs> you know. They, <laughs> Uh, you know, when you thought Baylor in the past, you knew they had the offensive uh, fireworks, but, you know, defense was kind of middle of the pack. They were never horrible, 
but you know it was always kind of like in the 50 40s range mm-hmm. um you were hoping that they didn't give up 35 points a game yeah um to the to the big 12 offenses but you know so those things are the biggest biggest changes uh, that we saw this spring do you do you kind of feel like and two things real quickly with with rule being their new uh first do you kind of feel like on the heels of that defensive discussion it kind of seems like the big 12 overall at least during league games, they've kind of most of them have kind of adopted this. You know, we'll we'll let them do whatever they can between the twenties, and then we'll try to hold them to field goals mentality. Yeah. Do you feel that's kind of going to change for Baylor? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, you know, you saw you saw uh, especially with Baylor, you saw a lot of bend don't break. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of to your point, you know, letting people kind of run around in between the twenties. And then once they got into the red zone, you know, clamping down and, you know, cause you run out of space. And so it's a little bit easier to clamp down in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think with, uh, with rules, I think that's definitely going to change. Um, you know, they're, they're preaching speed. If you look at their recruiting classes, um, especially with the 2018 class, there's a ton of speed on that they're putting on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of man coverage um, with um, with with Phil Snow um, as defensive coordinator, uh, and I think you're going to see a lot of um, speed at the linebacker position. So they're going to they're going to really do, try to keep everything in front of them. I think, and so you're going to see you know a lot more uh, scheme wise uh, within between the twenties that you haven't really seen from a bunch of Big Twelve teams. How how are the players reacting to to Coach Rule? Are they are they starting to fall in, into his his favor as far as you know liking the way he does uh, practices and and like his his perception of what what he plans on doing with this team? Do you feel like they're starting to buy into this? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, with when you know a lot of these kids were recruited by Bub Riles and those guys, and so it's difficult when you've come to school. You know, you get on campus and you're with that coaching staff, and then it changes, especially how abruptly it changed. Right. Um, this over the course of the past year, um, so it's you know that I think that was just a unique situation because you know uh, it just happened so quickly and just out of the blue. Um, it's, you know, it's not like, oh, this coach has lost three seasons in a row. And so, you know, you just see the writing on the wall. But, you know, I think with this rule had really had to come in and just kind of sell himself um, just as a person um, and just kind of over time, just kind of prove like, hey, I have your back. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to put you in the best position, you know, to be great in life. But also, you know, they really run. I think, you know, over the spring, they ran it like an NFL camp. Okay, and you know I think that's another thing that these guys are going to see. I mean, he took a walk on. Uh, I believe his name is Hassan Reddick, the the kid from Temple. Uh, took him as a walk on and made him a first round draft pick. Right. You know, and so they have a bunch of those stories that they can tell those kids. Hey, you know, if you follow our plan, uh, if you stick with us, you know, we're going to have your back off the field, uh, on the field. If you do what we say, you know, say for you to do, then you're going to go to the NFL. So. You know, it took a while. I think it took a few weeks just right. for them to kind of get get things going with him. And but I think now, you know, they've really bought in. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, Kevin, uh, this is Colin. With with the hey, departure Colin. of Katie Cannon and Ishimura, who who do you think that you know? Is there somebody that's currently on the roster that was already on the team that's going to step up and become that next great Baylor receiver, or is it maybe going to be one of the incoming freshmen in this last recruiting class? Or where do you see yeah. the the receiving core kind of going? You know, the, the, there's still a lot of talent on that, on that uh, in that position group. Um, the thing is, they're all young. 
Um, you have Blake Lynch. Uh, he's going to be a redshirt sophomore. Um, he kind of came onto the scene last year. Was a little bit inconsistent at times, but that kid is a is a stud. Uh, so I think he's you know he's primed to kind of you know take over that leadership role um, he- on that side of the ball or on the in that position group. Uh, so I think he's going to be really good. Uh, I think he he didn't play much during the spring. Honest, I don't even think he played at all. I think he got hurt early, and so he, they kept him out. Um, but one kid that just came onto the scene during the spring game was Tony Nicholson. He was at corner, um, and you're going to see this with Rule a lot. Like he's going to put kids in a position where they can maybe get to the NFL, and that's one of the things that he said when he first got here. You know, if we have a kid that's you know sitting second or two deep, three deep on the on the roster at corner, and they're athletic enough to slide over to the wide receiver, um, and they can you know have a better shot there, then we're going to put them there. And right. Tony Nicholson is one of those guys. Um, he's mostly he was mostly in the return game last year, um, and he played corner, but they moved him over to wide receiver. And I mean, the kid just he he took on that role, and I mean he he showed a lot in the spring game. Uh, they lo- they used him in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, they brought him in as a running back and kind of um, uh, flanked him outside on some plays. Um, they put him at inside receiver. Um, so they did a bunch of different things, uh, ran some reverses with him. So they did a bunch of different things with him. So I think he's going to be that kind of kid where they can put him in multiple positions. Right. Um, and he'll be successful there. Um, I think Chris Platt, um, he's the speedster, uh, the speedster uh, there. Um, so, you know, you're going to have that, that kid that can stretch the field. Um, and then the freshman, you mentioned, you know, any un- incoming freshman, I think RJ Snead is going to have a chance to play. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to do well. Right. He was, so, I mean, you have four, four strong guys there. He was, Snead was the highest rated recruit coming in this past class, right? Uh, if he wasn't the top one, he was, he was up there. Right there. I, I was reading something yeah. earlier that mentioned that he had a good chance of playing along with, uh, I believe it's Tristan Ebner. Yep. Um, yeah, Tristan uh, is more of a, an athlete. Um, I don't know. Um, it, I think it just depends. I don't know if he'll if he'll crack into the you know into the two deep, but he could definitely play on special teams. I think he could make an impact there. Um, he's a great athlete. So right, just kind um, of I needed. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he's definitely one of those kids that can come in and, and contribute early. Okay. All right, Kevin, on the next question here. Uh, with, with the arrival of New Solomon coming in from Arizona uh, this you know, this spring, what do you think is going to happen with this quarterback battle going into the fall? Yeah, I think um, um, I think it's Zach Smith's job to lose, uh, honestly. Um, you know, Zach playing as a true freshman, jumping in the way he did. Uh, you know, he showed a lot of, a lot of really good things. Um, and then, you know, in the Boise State game, in the bowl game, um, you know, you kind of saw what he was capable of. Um, he, dude has a cannon. Yes. Um, he's very smart. He's, I always uh, kind of compared him to Bryce Petty um, in a way because uh, he's, you know, he's 6'4", um, you know, big kid, 230, 240-ish. Um, doesn't run very well. He pulled it down during the spring game, and, you know, I, I swear my, my son could probably outrun him. <laughs> um, but he's just, you know, he's – but he's got a cannon. He's smart, and I think that's the big, that's the biggest thing you look for in a quarterback. You know, with with a new, uh, personally, he reminds me of kind of like a, a poor man's Robert Griffin. Um, you know, Robert Griffin was just very explosive and had a cannon for an arm. Very very cerebral quarterback. I think Anu's the same. Um, he's a little bit shorter than Robert. Uh, 
Um, he's got, you know, really good escapability in the pocket, uh, but he makes good decisions. I think, you know, of the past three years, he's had injuries, so he hasn't really played uh, very much. Uh, you guys know about his breakout season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was maybe his true freshman year at Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean he's. I mean he was kind of like that um, uh, uh, Marcus Mariota type, mm-hmm. um, you know, that early. And you know, I think the injuries got a hold of him. So you know, he's healthy. He's got a new uh, new opportunity at Baylor. I think the biggest thing. I think they're both talented. Uh, the biggest thing is that is going to be a trust factor and kind of a leadership factor. And I think that's where Zach has the edge, just because he's been here um, since last summer. And so he's kind of just has that camaraderie with the team and, and, you know, the guys on the offensive line and, and the skilled players. And so I think Anu is kind of behind in that aspect, but I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no doubting his talent. I mean, he definitely has the talent to, to beat out Zach Smith, but I think, you know, at this point coming out of the spring, I think it's Zach Smith's job to lose. Well, um, yeah. But I mean, you can't ask for, for a better backup. I mean, if he ends up backing up Zach, so. Right. You know, and one thing about we talk about when people go to bowl games, the how important those practices are. And it seemed like right. Zach just really just from the last game to the bowl game, like something just yeah. started clicking in in those practices leading up to it or something cuz he he looked like a way more comfortable and way yeah. more confident quarterback in the bowl game compared to, you know, in the Big 12 play. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's just I think it's the reps. You know, you get the reps during during that uh, bowl prep. Um, during the week or during the season, I mean, you you practice maybe one day out of the week, like a full-on practice, you know, and then you, you know, have walkthroughs and travel days and all that stuff. So you're not getting all the reps that you're used to getting. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think just having that bowl prep of uh, those three weeks to practice uh, and get reps every day uh, really helped him. Yeah, you definitely saw it in the bowl game. Well, kind of real quickly on that note too, um, do you feel like Solomon – might fit well again it kind of depends on what he's going to do but do you feel like solomon might fit uh the system rules trying to bring with a if it's going to be more of a physical run attack solomon being the more mobile quarterback or do you feel like smith is is just overall going to be better off um that's a good question i think solomon definitely brings that change of pace um that zach doesn't um and i think with with this offense it's going to be you're definitely going to have to be more cerebral as a quarterback. I mean, they got uh, Glenn Thomas. Um, you know, he used to be an offensive uh, analyst with the Falcons when Matt Ryan was there. And um, yeah, with the him and and next and Jeff Nixon coming over, um, you know, I think they're with their scheme. You're gonna you're gonna want someone that's a little bit smarter with the football. And I'm not saying and I knew he was not you know not on the same level as Zach, but I think. Um, Someone with someone like Anu, you're going to see them maybe tuck the ball a little bit quicker and you know take off, which mm. which is a great you know a great uh, weapon to have. But I think overall, just from what I've seen that they want to do, um, they're probably not going to want to run the quarterback that much. Um, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna run the football with the you know downhill with the running back more. Um, but I think so. I don't I don't think that aspect of it is that big of a deal. I don't think it's going to make that big of an impact. Do you think they might put in like some, maybe some goal line packages or, you know, some short yardage type packages with him? With his yeah, I can see them doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I can see them doing that. Um, and I mean, they could definitely bring, I could see them playing both of them early in the season. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. Because I mean, they've had, they only had the spring to work through the scheme and they didn't, 
I don't even think they implemented half of the scheme yet. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I could definitely see them putting them in, in different situations uh, in the first few games. Um, I think Duke is the only game where they're actually against a power five team. Um, and Duke hasn't really been that great. They were, they were really good like two or three years ago, but I think they've kind of fallen off the past couple of years. So I think those first three games, um, you're probably going to see him use both of those quarterbacks to see which one can kind of take the reins. I don't really like that. Uh, but I think in this situation, he kind of has to, um, because he's going to need someone. And I think that's where, you know, if a new has any type of edge on Zach, I think it's the experience factor mm-hmm. um, because he's, you know, he's played big time power five college football before. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's going to know what it takes and things like that. And Zach, you know, has only, I think he, you know, he only played like the last two months of the season. So um, I think that's where Anu has his edge on Zach. Okay. Um, Mark Slayball from ESPN, I'm sure you're probably familiar with him. He wrote mm-hmm. he wrote earlier this year that uh, Matt Rule has the most work to do given a depleted roster. And then mm-hmm. um, Adam Rittenberg kind of followed that up, and he added that, you know, Rule should be given a pass in year one, and even a subpar record would be acceptable compared to what they've done mm-hmm. the last few years. With all the hype around the hire that Rule had when he came in, do you feel like Baylor fans agree with that sentiment and, you know, by the end of the year would be willing to accept an outcome like that? Are they in it for the long haul or, you know, how will that play out? Yeah, I mean, I – I mean, I'm not – I don't think that Baylor can win 10-plus games. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean – you, you can probably look at the at the roster and think that there's going to be a huge drop off here, especially with them changing the scheme. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of young talent on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a ton of athletes. That was that was the biggest thing that that Bryles did was, you know, he well, I guess it was more early on Then later. He was kind of able to pick. But you saw him bring in athletes and put them in a position and then teach them how to play football Mm -hmm. you know that was his biggest thing you know you can't teach someone how to run fast but you can teach them how to catch a football yeah and i think with the talent they have on the roster i think they can make some noise this year um i don't i mean i don't think that they'll challenge for the big 12 or anything but i mean i i think most baylor fans understand that there's there's going to be a drop off um, I, but I still think most of them believe that this team can get to six wins and get to a bowl game and possibly win seven, eight games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my ceiling is nine games, to be honest with you. And I don't think, you know, some people may think that's crazy, but I, I really don't. I mean, I think because there's a lot of talent to make up for, you know, the change in the schemes and everything like that. Um, and just I think just what Phil Snow brings to the table as a defensive coordinator, um, I think year one could be really good as far as defense is concerned uh year two and three could be pretty salty um and i'm gonna laugh when i say this but i think offense (laughs) is where you're gonna see the biggest change um and possibly the the biggest fall off um just because it's a different scheme um because you know he rule had doesn't rule doesn't have his players in place Mm -hmm. um you know for his scheme but again i think when you look at the running back michael hasty terrence williams uh, you look at the wide receivers that they have, uh, offensive line. There's enough there to make some noise. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you got Zach Smith and the new Solomon. I mean, how? Why was Texas struggling the past three or four years? Yep, quarterback. You know, they yeah. didn't have a quarterback. Yep. Baylor doesn't have that problem. 
you know, they have a quarterback. So, you know, I think that's subpar to me is like six, seven wins, which I, and I think most Baylor fans would be okay with that. Well, I feel like, you know, that's a good way to build it up because defensively, I mean, if you look at the team that's won the league the last two years, Oklahoma, I think it's clear mm-hmm. that they play the highest level of offense and defense as a combo, whereas right. a lot of teams in the league, they either don't play defense at all or, it's right. you know, it's a subpar defense and then the offense is really good. Or, right. you know, maybe they can't score more than 15 points a game, but they play de- decent defense. It's going to take them being, you know, good on both sides of the ball at a high level if they're going to get back to one in this league, even though people act like defense doesn't matter in this league. Well, but you, you right. go back to, like, when, when Baylor was really good a few years ago, like back in 2013, the yep. difference at that point was the quality or the quality of defensive line play oh, that yes. they had. Their defensive yep. line was great. It was. Mm-hmm. Yep. You truly, in this league, to be to compete with Oklahoma and Texas, you have to have great defensive line and great offensive line, and Baylor had that back yep. then. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, because with – with a, the with this type of spreads that is run in the Big 12, you need a defensive tackle that can eat up the middle. Right. Um, you know, Andrew Billings, I mean, he could take on uh, double teams and move them aside like there was nothing. You know, so you weren't worried about your linebackers getting eaten up at the second level with him. And so I think that's why you saw how good they were then. Um, you know, last year with Baylor, I mean, they had a true freshman as their best defensive tackle. Uh, Bravion Roy, who I think is going to be a stud. But, you know, I mean, he's a true freshman. I mean, you can't expect him to do much. Um, so I think that's where you you saw them struggle big time in the running game when they got into the Big 12. I think Oklahoma ate them up mm-hmm. when they played up in Norman, um, right. you know, with the running up, game. So, right up the gut. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, they had two hosses. I mean, you can't – they ate up everybody. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think um, – you know, the defensive lines and the offensive lines are, are going to be the biggest question marks for Baylor. Um, I think the defensive line is going to be better because um, the kids are a year, a year older. Um, they're going to have that scheme with um, with uh, Phil Snow. I think they're going to be better. Offensive line is a big question mark to me. Um, even though they have four returning starters, um, I think it's four. Yeah, they lost uh, the center. Um, but, they you know, they have the four guys coming back. Uh, Mo Porter on the on the le- at left tackle, he's he's going to be really good. Um, but I think just seeing those kids gel, and there's no depth behind them either, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so yeah, I agree. I think it's a defensive line, offensive line will make a make the huge difference this year. Whether you know they win eight nine games or you know four or five. See, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's going to be a strength of the new coaching staff is being able to recruit defensive and offensive linemen because they can sell that pro factor that you know we have nfl experience we have these ties we can get you to the league and that seems Mm -hmm. to be what is most important for recruits right now is yes doesn't matter what your school's done can you give me the league and show me that you've done it yep yeah i mean they i mean they have i mean you would never look at temple and think that they're gonna have four kids drafted in the nfl (laughs) no Uh, i think they had four um three or four um and one of those guys was a defensive end i think he was like number 16 yeah, uh, in the first high. round. Yeah, he went pretty yeah. high. And he was a walk-on. So, I mean, you, yeah, definitely. You can definitely sell that. Um, I think that's, you know, their biggest sell point on the, you know, in uh, recruiting uh, with these kids on campus. You know, follow our plan and we'll, you know, we'll get you to the league because you're going to know exactly what you need to do when you get there. Well, kind of on that um, subject that we touched on just a second ago, the recruits and how, how it's been developed there. 
And this might be a tough question for you to answer because it's still early, but, you know, do your best with what, you, what you've what you gathered from it. Um, do you feel there's been some some skepticism from potential recruits towards Baylor, or is it more not knowing what rules, plans are, you know, a new coaching staff changeover and all that for this offense because they've missed on some at the end of the last class, and so far they've, you know, there, there's some out there that they might get. But re- typical mm-hmm. recruits, they normally land high, high-ranked high wide receivers and things like that, and they've missed on them. Mm-hmm. Is that more just an overall feeling towards the school and everything that's happened, or is that more just not really knowing what Rule's planning on doing with, this, with the whole offense and everything? You know, I think it's more of Rule than it is the school. Because uh, I think, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of these people, especially in the media and, you know, all these people that put these stories out about Baylor, you know, and, and the campus and, you know, how it's unsafe, all that garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the biggest sell point for Baylor is getting kids on campus. I mean, if they, you know, they see the campus, um, you know, they meet with teachers and meet with, you know, other, other athletes and things like that, you know, that's a big sell point. So I think the skepticism part is, I mean, there might be a little bit there with some kids, uh, but I think once they get on campus, it's completely different. Yeah. Um, and I think they, they get that. But I think it is with rule. I think, I mean, you go from being number one in offense or at least top five in offense for the past seven or eight years, um, and they're putting kids in the league. I mean, granted, the, some of them aren't sticking. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's going to be the biggest change where, where you see some of Baylor's kids moving forward in the NFL, they'll probably stick because they know what they're going into. Mm-hmm. But I think with all the scheme changes, I think they're going to have more success on the defensive side of the ball first um, than the offense because it's still a you know it's still a wait and see with the offense. So you don't know. I mean, they played very vanilla in the spring game, mm-hmm. and which is which is understood because they didn't have a lot of time to implement their scheme. Um, but I think the one thing that's going to surprise me, I think they're going to be a little bit more explosive than a lot of people think they are. Um, you know, a lot of people look at Temple and think that that's exactly what he's going to bring here. And I think that's wrong. Um, when you look at Temple, what they had on the offensive side of the ball and compare it to Baylor, it's completely different, the talent level. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Rule kind of had to go with what he had. Um, and he has more talent, more athleticism, you know, in the cover here on the offensive side of the ball with Baylor that I think they're going to be a little bit more explosive than people give them credit for. But I think with recruits, it's, it is more of a wait and see. Um, you know, with Jalen Maiden, uh, the kid from Saxe, he committed to Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Mississippi State and Baylor. And yeah. a guy that I talked to that was close to him said that he kept going back and forth. And I think, you know, Mississippi State's success and Dan Mullen's success with getting Dak Prescott into the league as a quarterback, um, and I think he's probably had a couple others. I think that that's what pushed them over the edge over Baylor yeah. um, because, you know, they, they're proven. Um, and Baylor's not proven yet. This coaching staff's not proven yet on that side. Um, so, yeah, I think it's more of a wait and see with the rule. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel like he might, and I could be totally wrong on this. This is just a guess. But I kind of feel like he might have been vanilla and going to be vanilla, um, you know, through the spring and fall or summer and fall as, as far as letting us see a whole lot and thinking that he might try to play that to an advantage for him with the other Big yeah. 12 schools not knowing what he's going to bring. Because the way I get it, everybody kind of is questioning, what, how is he going to do this? Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you will definitely see that. Um, absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Well, uh, with with Shock Linwood leaving, uh, the running back actually – the running back group seems like a, a strength with uh, returning mm-hmm. Williams and Hasty. Mm-hmm. How do you 
do you think they'll be able to hold up over the season? Will they be able to handle the load, kind of moving to this pro style offense? What kind of things coming? Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think so. I think you know, with Williams and and Hasty, I think they're two all Big Twelve type running backs. Um, I really do. Um, the problem is behind them two, there's no depth. Uh, Abram Smith was a true freshman, and he got hurt, uh, tore his ACL, so he's he's out for the fall. Um, they had another kid. I he was a walk on or maybe a transfer. Um, I, his name escapes me and I probably would butcher his name if I said it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think hasty and, and, uh, Williams, Williams is going to be the workhorse. Right. Um, hasty is just, he doesn't have the body to carry the ball 20, 30 times a game. Uh, Williams does. And I think it remains to be seen how Williams handles that load. Um, if they run him like they, like Texas did Deonta Foreman, Ooh. I mean, I, he'll only last a half season, I think. Um, yeah. but I don't think they'll do that. I think, um, you know, one of the things that came that's going to come that you're going to see more with this scheme is the running back uh, coming out of the backfield, catching the football. And I think that's going to benefit hasty um, in keeping him in. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you saw a lot of two back sets uh, in the spread uh, or in the shotgun. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, Williams, he can definitely handle the load um, if he's, you know, carrying the rock like 20, 25 times a game. I think he can handle that. Good. Um now, now to the people that don't really ever get any love, the uh, the special team players, you know, they they usually get cussed whenever they miss a field goal or something. You know, they don't yeah. like. It. But uh, as far as special teams, is there uh, how's the kicking game coming along? And also, is there anybody in the return game or something that we should be looking for uh, this fall? Uh, I think you'll see Tony Nicholson back there uh, at least in punt return. Uh, I believe. Um, I'm not sure on. See, they didn't really actually work on special teams a lot this spring. Okay. Um, I, we never heard anything about the, the kickers or punters or, you know, any type of return game stuff with them. Um, I think for them, it's just one of those things where they can, they'll practice it in the fall and and they'll be able to do it. Um, but you'll definitely see Tony Nicholson at punt return. Um, I think he's going to have a a big year. I, I really do. Um, just in that hybrid offensive position. And then as a punt returner, he's going to be electric at punt return. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we didn't really hear much about special teams in the spring. So it's kind of hard for me to tell you, you know, what to exactly look for. Um, the, uh, the kicker that they had from last year, uh, I believe it was Cole Edmiston, uh, transferred. Was it Cole? Well, the kicker they had last year transferred. Mm -hmm. Um, so they have a Drew Galitz, I believe was kicking the field goals and he was the punter last year too. So I think you'll kind of see him do both of those things. But yeah, overall, we didn't really hear much about special teams, yeah. to be honest with you. And, and I agree with you on Nichols. I mean, the, the kids, he's, he's one of those kids you need to get the ball in his hands. He, he has a chance yep. to really make something happen. So, I, I mean, I'll be really happy to see him back there because I think he has a chance to kind of break a break a few or at least really change field position for Baylor. Yep, absolutely. Um, the secondary had some – you know, you guys had some bright spots there on defense last year. They – you know, they – I thought they were kind of the better – some – better talented guys on the defense were in the secondary um mm -hmm. i'm expecting like chance waz guys like that probably to be leaders there's some of the elder guys in that in that whole group back there but who can we expect to step up in that area do you get, do you get any new names or anybody that's that's really come along pretty well in the spring so far um i think uh again that that unit's going to be really young um so you know it's uh, now they're going to be young, but they're going to return a lot of playing time. Uh, Chance Waz, who you mentioned, um, Tayon Sells is coming back from injury. 
Uh, so he'll be back there. I believe both of those guys are seniors. Um, you also have Davion Hall, um, who, who I think he definitely has the look of an NFL secondary player. Um, and I think this year, you know, with this new staff, I think you'll see him take a step forward. Um, you know, honestly, coming out of high school, Davion Hall, he was a he was a five star, um, but he was more he was more of a guy where people are like, well, he's probably better fit for safety. But he actually came to Baylor as a wide receiver uh, because Baylor was going to give him a chance at wide receiver. He got recruited by Alabama as a safety, and a lot of people projected him to be that's his position in the NFL. So. I think this year you'll see him kind of take a step forward. So you'll have those three guys in the back um, kind of providing that leadership. Um, I think all three of those guys will be pretty good. The corner position is where they're, you know, you're going to have a lot of young talent. Um, so they'll have to step up. Uh, Jamison Houston, um, uh, Graylin Arnold, uh, those two guys will definitely have to step up. Or Kedrick Bonds. Um, all those guys are, are redshirt sophomores, redshirt for our Graylin was a true freshman. So, uh, he's coming back as a true sophomore. So, you know, those three guys, I think second or the cornerback position is going to be the biggest question mark on defense. Um, I think they're set at D line and, uh, linebacker, um, and safety, but, um, but yeah, corner is going to be the biggest question mark for them. Um, so it'll be up to, you know, those guys to take a step forward. I think Graylin's going to be special. Um, he's, he's just a great cover corner um can play man straight up which is what they're going to want to do um so he's one of those guys you can put on a star receiver and you know you'll you might probably will have to give him help over the top but you're not worried about him getting beat every time Mm -hmm. so you know but you know he's still young so it'll you know you'll definitely have to you'll definitely see some growing pains there but um but yeah safety is i think you have some three you have three great leaders in the corner that's where the question marks at uh, one, you know, one, one of the the big things that here, you know, Big Twelve country that we thought that rule has done a one hell of a job of is, is getting the Texas coaches onto the staff, mm-hmm. and, and you know, we all feel like that's going to pay off dividends, you know, big time in, in the future. Do you feel like that's really going to help with this next recruiting class, having that that ends to the uh, Texas high school football? Absolutely, I, I think. Um, I mean, Joey McGuire. Um, honestly, I was surprised. I think it was two years ago, maybe last year. Uh, when Strong tried to get him on staff, um, I was really surprised he didn't go then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Joey McGuire is one of those guys that you know everybody loves him in Dallas. Was he the and up in North Texas? Was he the one that was the head of the Texas Football Coaches Association or whatever it was? No, that that was David Wetzel. Okay, um, okay. down in San Antonio. Yeah, okay. um, um, yeah. I think you know McGuire. You know he they put him up in North Texas, let him do his thing. Uh, you guys know he he was at Cedar Hill. Um, you know, that's what helped them land Josh Fleeks um, for the 2018 class four-star uh, running back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to pay dividends. David Wetzel, head of the Texas High School Football Coaches Association, like you said, um, you know, he's known all over the state and people respect him and like him. Um, he was a great football coach in his own right uh, down in San Antonio. Um, then you have Sean Bell, um, you know, Baylor you know, most people call him Baylor legend, um, which I, I think he was. I, he's one of the better quarterbacks that Baylor's ever had. Um, you know, but he has that – he's that young guy that, you know, has those relationships as well. Um, so, yeah, I think he couldn't have hired three better guys with Texas ties. Yeah, that, that's um, that's the way we felt too. We yeah, were really definitely. impressed with yeah. the tires. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I, it's it's going to pay off. I, there's kids right now that Baylor offers that have no offers. And, you know, I mean, some of those guys don't even have uh, uh, profiles on scout. But And you look at it and you're like, why are you offering this dude? Um, you know, people that don't understand recruiting. But when you look at it and you look at the school they're coming from, you're seeing those relationships pay off because Baylor is getting on those kids first mm-hmm. because of the coaches that they know, um, because of McGuire, because of, because of Wetzel, because of Bell, because those guys respect – the high school coaches respect those guys and they, you know, they believe that if they send their kids over there that those guys are going to take care of them. What? So, yeah, I think – you know, over the next couple of years, um, 2019, 2020, you're going to see that definitely pay off. I don't think you got to tell Baylor fans this, but, you know, just in general, you know, there's that dynamic in Texas with the recruiting where it's kind of like a boys club and, you know, getting the Texas coaches into a Texas college to do the recruiting is a huge coup because that they're going to be more apt and more open, like you said, to bring their kids there as opposed to somebody mm-hmm. that's an outsider trying to do it with other coaches from other states. Right. Yeah. And I think that was the, that was going to be the first knock. That was the first knock on rule was, you know, this guy is coming from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what does he know about Texas? And, you know, then he hires those three guys and it's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, cause he gets it. I mean, rule gets it. That's Mm -hmm. the, that's the biggest, most impressive thing about him is he gets it. Like he understands that he's the CEO of the program. So as a CEO, he knows what he has to do on the outside of the football program you know, to get everybody on board. Um, and then he knows what he needs to do inside his football program. And But he's going to let his coaches coach. And, I, you know, that's the biggest difference from, from the, the past coaching staff. But, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, that was part of the problem with Coach Strong. I mean, I, you, you still look at the Texas on the jersey and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was one of the biggest knocks with Coach Strong was, you know, that, I mean, that's why hiring Coach Trailer from uh, Gilmer, that's why that was such a big hire. Yeah. Because, you know, he's bringing on someone that everybody respects. So, um, yeah, I think Rule kind of showed, hey, I you know, I know what I'm doing. I get it. And that's why we hired these three guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> just kind of quickly, I didn't want to get a whole lot into off-the-field stuff, but I do have one question I was yeah. kind of curious about. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the more recent um you know, things that have gone down as far as negative publicity for the college. Some of that is, has happened with, as far as I can tell, correct me if I'm wrong, but rules guys underneath him. Um, what was the recent one with the text messaging thing? Wasn't that one of his coaches? Um, you know, is there, does that, does that concern you as there is more somewhat still of a culture issue that needs to be addressed in the school? Or is this just isolated events that happened under him this time? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't yeah, remember the about, specific no, example you're, you're, off the top well, of my head. Well, there was two of them. Uh, so, <laughs> so he hired. So one, the first one was, and you know, I'm an open book about this stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, we've. Had I one. mean, I've told you guys before. Mm-hmm. You know, Baylor deserves everything that they're getting. Maybe not on such a, you know, such a high negative level, mm-hmm. but they certainly deserve. You know, part some of what they're getting. Yeah. Um, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first they brought this dude. Uh, I guess he was an assistant strength coach, and you know he was, you know, uh, soliciting a prostitute, 
I mean, that's. I mean, who hasn't done that? Yeah. I'm not answering that question. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, I can't say that because I'm tied to Baylor, so that was terrible. But yeah. No, um, you know, I think that was an isolated incident. Um, There was a something with text messages. I think honestly, I put that stuff behind me. But I, I, yeah, there was something something else earlier this year that happened. It was text with a minor. That's what I was thinking. It was with an underage girl. One of the coaches on the staff. Yeah, you know, yeah, that meant. Well, it actually turns out it wasn't an underage girl. Oh, but I think it was. But I think it was inappropriate text or something like. I don't know exactly what the text was, but yeah, I mean, I think those are. Yeah, I mean, you kind of look at it and you're like, oh gosh, it's going to happen again. But you know, one of the things is these guys were fired like immediately. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you know, rule addressed it. Um, I, I want to believe that they're isolated. I think they were isolated incidents and I'll believe that they're isolated incidents because, um, you know, I mean, some of these people like, and you would think coming to Baylor, they would understand the situation. Exactly. And so, you know, they would, you know, I'm horrible for saying this, but at least try not to get caught. Exactly. I know. I get it. Understand. But at least understand the climate that you're yeah. coming Don't in. Don't be stupid. And, Realize know. where there's a, right. there's a magnifying glass on you right now, and you know. exactly. So yeah, I, exactly. I get that. Um, I just don't. I just and again, forgive me for not having the specific examples. It just came to me. I was thinking well, about, you know, we they just got through doing this, and then boom, you immediately turn yeah. around, and I don't know what in the first thirty days, forty five days into the new year, yeah, you have yeah. one that gets hit you right there, and I'm like, seriously, guys, like what? <laughs> I mean. Well, and the same thing happened in Oregon with their strength yeah, coach, exactly. and then there was something else that happened right after that with just with the change of staff. But mm-hmm. I, I will say this: he, he's. I mean, you can't control everybody. You can't. You can't control yeah. every person. I mean, you, you do the best you can, but you, these these are adults. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I will say the difference between this one and the the prior events was that the school and the coach took responsibility. They they made a decision, got rid of him right away. And to me, to me that shows. Yeah already a step in the right direction compared to right. what it was yeah. in the prior. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like they, they addressed the situation the right way this time. So Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. Um, you know, and they do background checks on these dudes, on all these coaches and stuff, and, you know, they go through the interf- interview process. They do all that. So, I mean, you never know what people are going to do. Um, and that's part of the re- that's part of what I was just saying about, you know, media especially um, taking it over the top. Um, you know, at some point you have to hold pe- like individuals accountable and not just look at, oh, well, it's Baylor and, mm-hmm. you know, they only hire rapists or they only hire, you know, people that are, you know, going to s- solicit prostitutes and yeah, crap that's, like that's that. That's just lazy reporting. That's just, yeah. here, here it is. Here's the low hanging fruit in front of me. And this is what I'm going to throw out there. I mean, it's, you know, it's whatever they can put on their article. People are going to read, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and like I said, I mean, Baylor deserves a lot of what they're getting. Um, but I think, yeah, at some point you have to look at individuals and and just, you know, just shake your head at them and, and just say, what are you doing? Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, <laughs> you'd be smarter. Exactly. Yes. And that, that was just kind of my question on it was this, I just wondered how some of you guys that are down there around the team viewed it. Because when we saw it up here, we were like, are we, are we really doing this again? Uh, you know, right, 45 yeah. days into this new regime. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh no, we said the same thing. Trust me. <laughs> like, no, we, <laughs> we're doing the same thing. We're like, Oh God, the rule's not going to last two months here. Uh, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, you know, cause it's, you know, cause the fire builds on Twitter and you're like, oh, yeah, God. well, I think when it, when it came out, I sent out a tweet that said something like Baylor fans right now. And it was a guy being his head against the desk 
And, yeah. you know, it just a ton of people loved the tweet because it was like, I know that's how they got to be feeling. I know I would be feeling that way by now. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. like, good God, let it go already. I mean, kind of being yeah. the Oklahoma side of things, it was like that towards the end of the Joe Mixon thing. Like, I was so sick of hearing about it. You know, yeah. it was just – we've been doing this for three years. I know the national media doesn't get that, but it's just like, let it go. And then at the draft showing, you know, the video again – it was just like, come on now, guys. Like, are we really going through this again? So I can only right. imagine how it was on that end of it. I enjoyed yeah, reminding you about that for three brutal, years. Man. <laughs> so, I don't want to do this for three years, but I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised if five years down the road we're still talking about it. Well, um, especially with all the legal cases. You know that stuff's going to yeah. drug out forever. Yeah, I mean, Definitely. it's – yeah, I mean – and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. No, I mean, I, I'm not saying that victims don't deserve justice. Like, I, I hope they all do. Mm-hmm. I hope they get it. And if – Baylor has to pay tens of millions of dollars, then pay tens of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I, I think it, at also like, I think you also have to look at some of the, like the timing of what some of these lawsuits come out. Yeah. It's um, kind of key. It's kind of telling. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and I don't know that that's, I don't obviously don't think it's the victims that are doing it, but you know, the you're going to see lawyers that, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, we haven't talked about this for four months. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's put something back out there. And, you and know, know, so I think I fully expect that to happen for the next couple of years. And they do a good job of gang ganging it up too. like, okay, here's one. Let's ride on the heels of this publicity of this getting and bring her story to the forefront now, yeah. you know? Yeah. The, the, the one thing that I always hate about this, these situations is that, when the NCAA, if they if they do decide to do something, it never hurts the people that actually did any of this stuff. I mean, the, the kids that are there now will be the ones that you know they had nothing to do with any of this stuff. They're gonna get hurt. The coaches are gonna get hurt. It, it just it's just a bad system. I don't. I mean, I don't know what, what way to fix it or anything, but it just seems like it, it never addresses the actual problem, and it always it's always playing catch up, and it's always the other kids that had nothing to do with anything that get hurt by this. It just mm-hmm. it, it drives me nuts. Yeah, and honestly, I don't expect the NCAA to do anything, um, especially with what happened to Penn State. Yeah. Um, right. You know, NCAA came in and dropped the hammer, and then Penn State turns around and sues them, and the NCAA retracts everything. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, you see – and, I mean, people throw around death penalty all the time, and I just shake my head. Oh, like, do you really understand what you're asking for? Yeah. Um, you know, all these kids – I mean, you're talking about – now, I mean, again, I mean, you see these lawsuits and you're looking at 10, 20, 30 football players, you know, but at the same time, like, um, you know, all these kids that are here that are doing the right thing. I mean, you're, you're ruining their lives pretty much. I mean, by asking for the death penalty, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I kind of shake my head at that, but I, I just don't see the NCAA doing anything. Um, I was kind of surprised that the Big 12 did what they did um, the money. because you just don't have jurisdiction in this type of in this type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, because Baylor, you know, well, from what we know so far, hasn't really done anything illegally from a football athletic department standpoint. Right. And so, you know, that, and that's where their jurisdiction is, the NCAA and, and the Big 12. Now, I guess the Big 12, you know, would have more of a case to do something um, than the NCAA, but I don't know. I, I just don't see them dropping a hammer or anything on Baylor no I don't really I mean and especially when it comes to the NCAA after the after the Penn State thing it was clear that the NCAA lost whatever backbone it had left I mean with the Miami thing that happened shortly after that they did next to nothing um the North Carolina thing I still don't think is ever really going to come to a a head like it should have and and those are two different things those are more like football related it's clear that they just don't have a backbone anymore and until and I'm of the opinion that the NCAA needs a commissioner 
And until we get that and we get one voice and it gets handed down to everybody, I don't yep. think you're never going to have everybody on the same page to do anything. So I, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter the other day, but one of the punishments that a fan was recommending was that Baylor only play road games in Big 12. Look! Oh, wow! <laughs> what? Yeah, so they, they, don't they basically money the, that the way. big. This is the Big Twelve would be issuing the punishment. And they basically strip them of all home games and make them play all conference road games. So that makes zero sense. Money. Yeah. Not to <laughs> well, mention, I mean, it was obviously a jest, but <laughs> right, still, yeah. it was pretty funny. Would be a nightmare. Yeah, that's yeah. That'd be oh gosh, that was. I mean, I I went to the Texas game and that was brutal. Oh, I with can their imagine. Fans. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can imagine what they were saying, but. Um, I had actually heard that OU fans were were pretty cordial with a lot of the Baylor fans that went up there, um, mm-hmm. at least the ones that I'd heard from. Um, so, I, I mean, I've been at OU a couple of times for a football game and for a basketball game, and I've never had any issues. But um, I don't know. I was kind of surprised by that. Um, yeah. You know, but at the same time, I mean, it's you know, I'm glad to hear it. Like you know, because. You know, a lot of these kids don't deserve, you know, a lot of the stuff that they got last year. Well, with the exception of OSU fans, I can honestly say for the most part, OU fans are going to give it about the best treatment you're going to get most places. I mean, they're just usually a lot of older people that um, just aren't going to go out of their way to heckle people. I mean, you're going to have the one little area of students, but it's usually a lot of older parents and people like that that just don't care enough to do a lot of that. Well, I mean, and realistically, if you look at it, you have to say these kids had nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. Right. They – they didn't do anything wrong. Now, you know, if some of them were part of it, that'd be one thing, but they, they didn't do anything right. wrong. That's why I, I yeah. felt bad for those kids. I mean, they kind of got drugged through the ringer of the media and everything last year, and they didn't do a damn thing wrong. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I got beer yeah. cans thrown at me at Norman when I went. Yeah, you probably deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you I sure in, you didn't deserve it? I was it? in fifth well, grade, yeah. man. Fifth grade. Oh, it's fifth grade. Did you walk in oh, wearing okay. an well, OSU shirt? I did. Then you deserved it. Uh, I may have been raising some certain fingers up in the air, too. I was <laughs> uh, well, okay, yeah, you did deserve I, it. <laughs> I don't have anything else. You guys got anything else for No, me? I really appreciate you coming on with yeah, us. Definitely. Yeah. It's always good having you on, man. We really appreciate yeah, it, man. man. You're one of the better guys we have that come on here that do, you know, give us insight on things. We really appreciate it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. No problem, man. Anytime, um, you know, you guys, I've, I've kind of watched – you know, from afar, just and it looks like you guys are, are starting to find your footing, and you guys are growing. So that's good to see. And it sure feels that know, way. I, I'm happy to help. You know, however I can uh, in pushing y'all y'all stuff. So yeah, we appreciate you know, that. The to you guys too. It's guys like you that have kind of helped to give us a little bit of legitimacy because honestly, we are not experts. We've never professed to be experts on anything. Yeah, we we kind um, of blew up in the spring after all the uh, team wraps and the uh, recruiting reviews and everything. It, yeah, it really blew yeah. up at that point. We just we yeah. just um, kind of basically said, look, the Big 12 doesn't get enough uh, coverage, we feel like, and are we necessarily the best ones to bring it to you? No, but we're going to do the damn best job we can um, yeah. Uh, yeah. at doing that. And if that means bringing on experts, then we have no problem stepping aside and saying we definitely aren't experts. But well, and sure. it gives us a chance to represent the conference as a whole instead of having just – Mm-hmm. You know, like OU and Texas, they really kind of dominate all the media coverage in the conference. So if we can right. kind of rep the littler guys and, and pull in experts from all the teams, it felt it was a good idea. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, I appreciate you guys bringing me on. So, um, Anything you want to throw out there real quick? I mean, you, we know you're with Bears Illustrated, bearsillustrated.com. Anything you feel like you want to throw out there, go ahead, where people can find you and get a hold of you. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're at bearsillustrated.com. Um, 
you know, we're, you know, always pushing recruiting um, stories and, and reviews. We're about to actually start a series. Um, I'm going to basically look at recruiting from, you know, from every position and it's kind of breaking down each position. Uh, we'll start with the quarterback position because obviously that's one of the most important ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Jalen Maiden, uh, the quarterback from Saxe picking Mississippi State, um, kind of got to have to take a step back and, and look at who else is on the board and, mm-hmm. um, you know, go from there. So we'll be we'll be starting our series with that, um, just breaking down each position and who's there, and, you know, who's more probable and, you know, who are some guys that are, you know, pipe dreams for Baylor um, that have been mentioned in, in top fives, top tens, top 16s, top 30s, whatever recruits are doing nowadays. <laughs> yeah, um, no joke. Yeah, it's dude, ridiculous. It's, yeah. I'm going to post uh, my top 18. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. And by the way, no interviews, please. Well, I, I keep waiting for someone to like make like an NCAA tournament bracket, you know, like, like the, the full-blown <laughs> basketball bracket of their teams and like uh, dwindle it down, you know. I keep waiting yeah, for that to happen. You just gave somebody an idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, stick I, with I, just get, I get so tired of the no interviews, please. But then, by the way, don't guess at where I'm going to go. But I'm not going to tell right. you any information on it. But you guys better not <laughs> right. better not guess where I'm going to try to go to school. I like the one from the other day when I was like, "Big news coming! Big news coming! Watch it eight or six thirty, and everybody's tuning in. There's you know hundreds of people waiting around. Releases this promo video, get to the end, and it's top fifteen. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's a new oh, one. I think I saw that. Yeah, I, think I saw that video. Um, yeah, yeah it was like all his kid. highlights and just showed his top fifteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, it's. I was just wake me up when you have top five, man. Because that's who you're going to go visit. Like, Mm -hmm. don't give me a top 16. Like, I don't care. If someone really wants to be funny, give me a top 365 and eliminate (laughs) one every day. Yeah, that would be good. We could do that. that, At least you're doing something that's keeping me engaged. Productive, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, we're constantly chatting because, again, we do everything we can within reasons. You know, obviously, we all have four full-time jobs. I work nights. So, well, there's only so many hours we can, can dedicate to doing all this, especially right now because this is a busy time for us um, yeah. with our kids and everything. But, you know, yeah. I'm constantly trying to send out every little thing that any of these guys send with teams involved. And it gets so old tracking this crap because it's like, man, didn't we just do this kid like a month ago and he's only eliminated one team? Like <laughs> – yeah, <laughs> you know, it just it gets so old, yeah. but yeah, it's, I mean, ex- it's exhausting for sure. But I mean, it's it really what keeps is. the fans seem to enjoy it, so we try to do our best to bring it out there. Yeah, I just don't fall yeah. until October. <laughs> um, yeah, y'all are y'all are definitely doing a good job. So keep keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank appreciate you. We time. appreciate it. Um, I guess everything else. Anything else we want to throw out there? No. Uh, once once uh, we uh, drop Kevin, I have some stuff I want to bring uh, up. Okay. Uh, anything else, Kevin? You want to uh, bring to us? No. Is there no, I think that's it, man. You got, you got Twitter or something we can follow you on there, too, as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's at uh, KB Scout Baylor. Okay. So it's kind of long, but, you know, no. that's I couldn't figure out how the hell to put my do my Twitter name. So yeah. I just did that. <laughs> Join the crowd. Well, what, what gets me <laughs> yeah. is every time I want to mention you, I got to start typing your name, and eventually it pulls it up because I can't ever remember <laughs> yeah. what yours is. But Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Maybe I'll change it soon, or I'll try to figure something else to make it easier for people, so. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks. thanks we, we'd like to maybe get you back on in the summer as some more things shake out if possible. And we'll, uh, yeah, just let me know. Okay. Anytime. Okay. We'll keep thanks, in touch man. with you, man. Thanks. We appreciate it. All right, guys. It. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Y'all take it easy. All, All right, bye. man. Bye. Bye. All right. That was uh, that was Kevin, obviously. Kevin Brer from Scout uh, Scout's website, bearsillustrated.com. Uh, just general thoughts real quick. Anything you want to add in? I, I, I think, you know, hearing him talk – Rule seems to me like a type of guy who is smart enough to figure out what type of athletes he has, 
and then adjust things for that. So, I mean, I know, like you're talking about, they're probably not going to be doing what they did at Temple. I kind of see that. I can see them right now being vanilla, but, I mean, I think he's smart enough to figure out, well, I got some guys on the outside that can run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a quarterback that can throw pretty good. So, I mean, I could, I can see him, kind of like he was saying, being a little more explosive than what everybody is kind of just assuming is going to happen. Because, I mean, realistically, that, that's a sign of a good coach is coming in and, okay, what do I have to work with? And then making that work for him right now. And well, looking at, like, guys like Bob – Stoops or Mac Brown when they came into Texas and Oklahoma, they said, "Okay, where are my athletes? How can I find positions for these guys to play?" It wasn't necessarily you're a receiver, so therefore you have to be a receiver. I mean, how many times early on did we see in both those programs where they took somebody, put them on the other side of the ball, and made them a star? Right. Well, so, and, and he's he's right. Lavinier, he said Baylor has more athletes across the board than like say Temple had. Mm-hmm. So he has a lot more toys to work with, you know, down there. Oh, definitely. You know, in Waco than he did. You know, uh, in Philadelphia. So I mean, it's going to be really interesting. I, I I'm kind of, I'm really anxious to see whenever, especially after the the you know three non-conference games when we get into Big Twelve play, mm-hmm. what they look like. So I, I I really don't know to be honest. I mean, I I could see it going either way, but I I think he's going to be a little more explosive than what than what you know he's leading on. And I really kind of expect it to be about mid-season before you know late October before we really start to understand what it is they're going to try to do there because whether it be game planning and keeping some of that a secret or just taking that long to get their footing, I think it could be, you know, later on in the year before we really start to understand, okay, this is what Baylor's going to be from here on out. Well, right. with the schedule they have, they have that opportunity, you know. Yeah. They only have, what do you say, Duke was the only Power 5 opponent early. Mm-hmm. And Duke's not quite what they have been yeah, the last so, few right. years. So. Well, and they're running, Baylor's running game is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we understand that. They have, they have great running backs. So if they can just run kind of a vanilla offense through there, they can kind of hold everything back for conference play. Well, and, and if, if Zach Smith, if he's able to progress in the summer like he did between the you know the end of the season and bowl game, if he really you know progresses over the summer with with the guys and then going into the fall, he he might be a uh, you know a more dangerous quarterback than what we're oh, giving credit for. You could see you know potential when he got late in that bowl game and stuff late in the year in the season. He's got some skills. I mean, the kid's got an arm. He's got the size. I mean, you can tell he's going to be – if they can manage him properly, he's going to be a dang good quarterback. Right now ESPN has him at their quarterback position seventh in the Big 12, and I have a feeling by the end of the year they're much higher than that. Well, well it, the Big 12 is pretty deep in quarterback. Yeah, right? but really. I still think that kid's got a chance to be a top five by the end of the year. Well, well and another thing is, is like if they go to a little bit more of a pro-style offense, it's going to take a lot of pressure off him. Mm-hmm. For him to be able to hand the ball off and, and get a few more runs in there, it, it's not going to have to be as much of him – picking plays out and you know and hitting windows it's going to be it's going to be a little more play action probably and let him throw the ball down the field with his arm mm-hmm. and he can throw a damn mile so it's yeah it, it could work out really well for on for him th- this system could actually turn out to be a really good thing for him mm-hmm. all right so before we get too far along into this i wanted to bring up kind of a news note piece here it's kind of something just came out today or at least that i noticed today was that athlon sports unveiled their 2017 preseason all big 12 team I mean, starting with quarterbacks you want to guess who first team is baker Oh, yeah. Uh, that seemed to be a given for me. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously, as far yeah, as returning not. quarterbacks, he's yeah. the best one for sure. Uh, second team, we had Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. Third team, Jesse Ertz, Kansas State, which I thought was pretty interesting. Fourth team, Will Greer from uh, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Any any thoughts on I think Will. Missions? I think by the end of the year, Will will be at least third on that. Yeah, uh, at least from all the hype that we've heard. Um, as far as running backs, uh, first team, the first one that pops up, Justice Hill, Oklahoma State. So I thought was pretty interesting, but I mean, we don't know what's coming back. Considering who's coming back, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Fair. And um, they kind of split it into two groups. So there's one running back here. So second team's Chris Warren, the third from Texas. Third team Alex Barnes, Kansas State. 
fourth-team Rodney Anderson, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Going to the second running back, first-team running back Justin Crawford, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Second-team Terrence Williams, Bla- Baylor. Third-team David Montgomery, Iowa State. Fourth-team Jamichael Hasty from Baylor. Yeah, that's a little interesting given that, that Rodney's the least proven of that little group there that you mentioned towards the beginning of the second team. So, Well, seeing something that stuck out to me is where's Mike Warren from Iowa State? Yeah, I, I mean, if you're going off last year, he's really fell off, so that's not terrible. But, I mean, yeah, again, everything we've seen in the spring and what we've known he's capable of, well, and just hearing for the from the speak, you know, in the springtime, it seems like he's starting to get back in the good graces with the coach too. So mm-hmm. that's that that'll be a big help. All right, here's all purpose Kyle Hicks, TCU first team, second team Cavante Turpin, TCU. So first and second team to TCU there. Third team Winston Dimmel, Kansas State. Fourth team Dylan Cantrell, Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty straightforward. I was kind of surprised Turpin wasn't first first team, but hey, whatever. Uh, first team wide receiver James Washington, Oklahoma State. Second team Kiki Kuti or Cutie, mm-hmm. Texas Tech. Uh, third team Byron Pringle, Kansas State. Fourth team Jeff Bidet. Is that how you say it? Bidet? Yeah, it's Bidet. Bidet, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, other the next first team wide receiver Alan Lazard. His last name's Bidet. Mm-hmm. His last name. Oh, that's Bidet. terrible. <laughs> yeah, there was Poor a big, guy. big running joke on the radio lately. About oh that. man. All right, uh, first-team wide receiver, Alan Lazard, Iowa State. Second-team, Jalen McCleskey, Oklahoma State. Third-team, Colin Johnson, Texas. Fourth-team, Blake Lynch, Baylor. Okay. First-team tight end, take a guess. Mark Andrews. Yep. Second-team, Karan White, West Virginia, which is kind of interesting since he's a wide receiver. But uh, <laughs> Third-team, Stephen Sims, also a wide receiver from Kansas. Fourth-team, Marcel Aitman, Oklahoma State, wide receiver. I guess they're just going kind of a – Flex position. Yeah, he plays kind of inside out. Yeah. So. Uh, it says time. Yeah, whatever. Uh, offensive center. I guess do you guys want to cover the offensive line. I'm assuming OU's got most of the first teamers. Uh, you know what? O-line. Okay, we'll go to O-line. Uh, Connor Williams, Texas. Second team, Zachary Crabtree, Oklahoma State. Third team, Marcus Keys, Oklahoma State. Is that right tackle? It doesn't say. It just says O-line. Uh, obviously, Orlando Brown, Oklahoma first team offensive line. Bobby Evans, Oklahoma second team. I'm kind of speeding up here. Uh, Dalton Risner, first team, offensive line, Kansas State. Second team, Scott France, Kansas State. Uh, next, Kyle Bosch, West Virginia, first team. Ben Powers, second team. Guard. Yep. Uh, <coughs> defensive line, Dorrance Armstrong, Jr., Kansas, first team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he had yeah. a chance to have a breakout this year. Yeah, yeah. This, this yeah. might be one where you're like, well, this kid's good. Mm-hmm. He might he might be in your defensive player of the year. Uh, first team defensive line. Next one, Reggie Walker, Kansas State. Malcolm Roach, Texas, first team DL. KJ Smith, Baylor, first team. Man, this is going on forever, isn't it? This is really all I wanted to get to as a quarterback and stuff. But uh, yeah, you guys check that out. I, we shared it on our Facebook page, so it'll have all the other ones. You can check it out. It went four deep at all the positions, so it's a pretty pretty big list. But it's kind of what we were talking about before the show. It's it's really hard to put together a preseason All-Big 12 team just in the fact you, you do have your returning players that you kind of have a good feel for, but at the same time you have grad transfers coming in, you have well, freshmen, you have transfers coming in that are newly eligible to play. You have so much that happens from June to August too. I mean, I don't know how many times I've come in thinking somebody was going to have a position and then by late fall camp it's completely spun the other direction. So, I mean. Sure. It's just a talking point for media. come out of nowhere. Now, ESPN did have one. You'll have to go back and look in the archives. But a few weeks ago they did their coming out of spring uh, Big 12 team. 
and stuff like that. So that's something you can look at too. Well, then you um, also have like, for, for example, Texas and Baylor, you have two two new coaching staffs. You you have no idea. I mean, someone might take off like a rocket at that group, and then someone might go backwards mm-hmm. in, in that group. You know yeah. that they have on there because the, the the style is totally different. Well, now. a lot of times in those situations too, some of the mainstays that you expect end up not being able to play because in the new system somebody flourishes that nobody saw coming. So I mean that that tends to happen too. I'm still not. I I think Zach Smith's incredible, going to do a good job, but I still think a new Solomon's going to have a little bit to say in that before it's all said and done as he gets his feet in that system yeah. if if he is what we think he could be because if he's what he used to be you know after all the injuries and everything he is a dangerous quarterback well you know and really what might be best thing for him is is do, to have certain packages for him where he's because i mean obviously he's had a problem staying healthy mm-hmm. so if he's only doing you know 12 snaps a game you know by the goal line or whatever because obviously he could throw too but he can run like like crazy too he's a big mm-hmm. kid so i mean he might actually really help baylor out but maybe he doesn't look like you know the the type of quarterback we've seen early on at Arizona, you know, but he he could still really help the team win and and you know do good things. But to to me, when you when you have a team that puts in a package like that, it's typically a team that struggles in short yardage, and I don't think short yardage is going to be a problem for Baylor. Well, to me, if you do that, you're taking out you're taking Terrence Williams. Well, unless you're well, Iowa no, State. But but what if you? <laughs> well, I look at it like this though. I look at it like you're adding one more weapon they got they got plan for. Yeah. One more weapon they got to think about. And so, I mean, it, it pulls a defensive player falling on the quarterback versus staying, you know, with a running back or whatever. But I mean, I, well, I think it could – I see what you're saying, but I, I think, you know, a lot of times in this situation, I think it, it adds to your to your umph, especially on the goal line. What well, I'd like to see him do is find a way to keep him out there with them. If they don't, if they have a lack of weapons, find a way to put him out there because that gives you a whole other thing to worry about. If you can use the speed on, you know, jet sweeps or, you know, a, a pass to him and then he passes downfield, you know, things like that, if you're lacking weapons and scoring, that could be a perfect opportunity to use him. It just seems to me like for, for every belldozer or the uh, JW Walsh package that mm-hmm. OSU has, you have the 18-wheeler, which – well, it works sometimes. It was a disaster a lot as well. Well, they didn't use a thing right at all, though. Let's no, be honest. Yeah, they could have been utilized. so much more creative with yes. that. It was very – You run you run the same damn play out of it every time. Well, <laughs> yeah. obviously, they're going to figure out what's going on. I mean, yeah, granted, he's tough to stop at that size. But eventually, especially as you start playing some of the better teams in the league, they're eventually going to figure that out. Um, all right, anything else we need to get to before we get out of here? Um, coming up on Sunday – did we schedule it Sunday? Didn't I just do that? Yes. Was that this? Is that I was no? No, it's TCU. TCU. No, we haven't scheduled that yet. It hasn't been scheduled. We haven't rescheduled it. We haven't talked to him. He's on. Yeah. You talked to him today. He's on. He's on Twitter. So yeah. He said it's Sunday. He said Friday or Sunday. This is exactly okay. what it's like okay. for us on a normal day right here. Okay. Well, I haven't talked to him today. Well, I've been. <laughs> he's been asleep. Today's the day I actually slept, so uh, it doesn't. It won't happen again. Sorry. <laughs> TCU um, Sunday. Okay. So apparently TCU is Sunday. Um. That's. Then we have Wednesday is going to be Oklahoma. Yes. And then the next Sunday we have Iowa State. And, and for you fans out there, if you're listening, if you have anything that you want us to ask about, uh, something you're curious about as far as a depth, you know, depth in a position or kind of what's going on in a certain race at a position or something, mm-hmm. send us a, a you know, DM us or send us an email or something, mess, a Facebook message or something, and just we, we don't mind putting you uh, your question out there to, for them to answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that would definitely be nice. I mean, we've asked for that before. Mail segments. Um, again, I would like to try to start that up a mailbag a bag segment. Any question you guys have, we can get to any of these experts, or we and if in, even if we're not talking to them, we can get you an answer for that show. 
you know, whatever the case may be. Question for us, I don't care. I mean, we're, we not, may not necessarily be that interesting of people in the world, but if you have a question for us, we'll definitely answer it. Debate topics. We need um, yes, debate topics. So I would, you know, again. It's going to be like some Stephen A. Smith action <laughs> either, here. Either send us, either send us our, uh, either, you know, do the, the direct message on Twitter or, you know, the show account. I don't care. However you want to do it, get a hold of us. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? That's it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, again, we'll see you pretty soon next time with TCU. And until then, everybody say bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. See you, guys.